This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. And one of my favorite things to do on the radio is talk about cooking a perfect turkey dinner with Karen McSherry, founder and president of the Gourmet Warehouse. And I'm so pleased you could join us today. Hi, Karen. Hi, Mike. Happy Christmas to you. I'm so excited. This is my favorite day of the year because of the lead up. It's so exciting. I love it. Is it a busy day down at the Gourmet Warehouse today? Oh, it's been it's been a great month. We've been so, so busy. And I I was on the floor almost every single day in December helping people, talking to people, and they love it because we're there not just we're not there to just sell you. We're there to help you. Like yeah. what can I do? How can I do this? Can you give me some tips? And that's exactly what I love to do because my whole world is like helping people to be better cooks. I love it, Karen. And uh, one of the, let's see if we can help out some people right now. Let's talk a little uh, Christmas cooking, okay? So, sure. Our hot question of the day on Twitter, you, you'll be interested in this, Karen, was what is the best part of Christmas dinner? Uh, in first place is the stuffing at 50%. And we'll, we'll talk about stuffing in a second. But in second place, well, this is kind of a natural thing. Turkey, okay? So turkey is 31%. Getting more votes for stuffing than turkey. But let's talk about the turkey. Now, one of the things that I always like to do, and I know you're a big believer in this too, is brine the turkey, which I like to do overnight. So I'm going to I'm gonna brine my turkey tonight. Do you think that's a good yeah. idea? That you have, you have to find that you should be brining it right now. Oh, what time okay. are you planning on eating? Well, you know, I guess around... Late afternoon tomorrow, six yeah, o'clock. Okay, so as soon as your show's done today, mix up your brine solution and start brining. Get it in. Have you got the big bag? I, you know what I've got? I've got a big giant cooler that I fill with that water, and I put a yeah. bunch of ice cubes in there too to just keep it cold. And that works. You know? yeah. yeah, that works. That's, That's what I suggest. Somebody came in yesterday and said, "I need a big pot to brine my turkey." I said, "I'm not selling you a stainless steel pot." And he looked at me and he said, "But why?" And I said, "I want to save you money. Go." to Canadian Tire or Home Depot and get yourself a Coleman cooler and you've got that for the summer and the winter and you're going to put your turkey in there, put it outside on your patio, surround it by ice, put your turkey in the brining bag with your brining solution and you're going to have the best turkey you'll ever eat. I'm a big believer in it and the key ingredient, you can put lots of stuff in a brine solution, but the key ingredient is like kosher salt, right? Exactly. And then you can use your own aromatics. Like if you like a little bit of a garlic hint, you throw garlic in, peppercorns, bay leaf, fresh thyme. Uh, You can throw in some rosemary. You can do anything you want. And then there's there's so many recipes available online if you just go brine turkey or go to uh, foodnetwork.ca and there they'll have all these other ideas. But it's as simple as boiling salt and water and aromatics and a bit of sugar, cooling it down, pour, make sure that it's cold. Do not pour that hot brine over your, your uncooked turkey. That That is just really important to know. Mm-hmm. You cool that brining solution to down, and then you pour it over the turkey, and then you let it sit for 24 hours. Okay. Why is it a good idea to do that? Like, what what is the result of the turkey that you get after brining? The, the salt breaks down the connective tissue so it tenderizes the meat now people are right away i can hear their minds going well i don't want all that salt in my cooking and i don't want it doesn't it doesn't permeate 
the meat so it's never a salty taste. The salt you end up throwing the brine away once right. the turkey sat in the brine for its 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 due course of twenty four hours. You toss all that brining solution, you wash the bird well, and yeah. then you put it in the roasting pan and off you go. But what it does, it makes the most delicious tender bird you'll ever ever taste. Yeah, I I'm do. I'm a hundred percent um, briner. Me too. From the very first year I did it, I do it every year. What temperature do you put your turkey in the oven? I started at 375 to get that right. really get it hit, and then I'll watch it and turn it down because right. I don't want it too brown on the top without because you and you don't want that bird stone cold when you put it in either. Because mm. it, it, it cooks on the outside, but the inside's still cold. It's like with anything. Even in the summer, you and I talked about barbecuing. And bring your steaks or your protein out of the fridge an hour before you're going to throw it on the grill. Because you don't want it cold in the center. The outside will cook and the center won't be. Yeah, people might be afraid about poultry being warm, I guess. But, you know, you're going to be okay An if it's hour? just warm. No, it's yeah. fine. It's a couple right. hours. It's not. It, it, it's fine. Right, right. Okay. Um, how about seasoning the, the turkey? I, I like to make a, like a flavored butter. So I take some butter, uh, mash in some chopped up fresh herbs, rosemary, sage, maybe a little bit of garlic. And I like to smear that on the outside. What do you think? I think that's terrific. And if you can carefully lift the skin up, get some underneath the skin so that flavor goes directly into the meat. So it doesn't just just do the the skin, it does the under. So you want to carefully sort of massage in, lift up the skin without tearing it, and rub a bit of that compound butter in there. Okay, uh, the the top vote-getter on our hot question today on Twitter, Karen, for the best part of Christmas dinner is the stuffing. So what would you say, what would be your sort of top tip on making a great stuffing? Okay, so stuffing, two, two, two options. Some people like to make it out of the bird, and some people like to stuff it in the bird. I'm all about in the bird, but then that adds on cooking time to your turkey. Mm. If you leave the stuffing out and you cook it separately in a cheesecloth bag and you do it that way, um, it's less time. But you don't get the drippings going through the stuffing, so it tastes so delicious. Um, stuffing is, I like a bread-based stuffing, classic, and then I like to, there's so many options. You could choose to put dried cranberries and apricots and chestnuts if, if you wanted that kind of a stuffing. Some people love a sausage stuffing, but you'd have to cook that sausage first before you mix it in with the bread cubes and and that and make sure that you don't make the stuffing too wet with the chicken stock Mm. because if it's too wet it will just be a it'll be like mush you know because don't forget the drippings of the bird go into the stuffing to give it moisture one of the things i've learned karen over the years i've had kind of a cooking journey and i started out doing real basic stuff like first time i ever made stuffing i made the stuff in a box like stovetop stuffing or whatever oh bad boy oh i know and i did that for a long time i thought oh it's so good and <laughs> then and then uh, and then i figured well, out you would never do that now well no because you figure out that it's easy to do it the right way then i started using the you know the bag of bread cubes which is okay too but what i like to do now is is get a nice sourdough loaf oh, from yeah. a bakery or whatever pull it apart and then put it in my oven and kind of crisp it up a little bit. And that's really important because if you put in fresh, again, your stuffing will be soggy. Yes. Day-old bread. You know what I do is, so, you know when you buy bread, I, I keep bread in my freezer. That's just how I keep it fresh. So you could mix up sourdough, whole wheat, 
white. And if you go into your freezer and you've got, oh, I got a couple, three slices of that. I've got, I've got two hamburger buns, two brioche hamburger buns there left that I didn't use. Bring all that out, chop it all up, tear it up, let it dry out really well, and yeah. there's your bread. Don't go and spend money on bread cubes because they're about 100 years old. <laughs> I know they're very dry and kind of <laughs> it's just yeah. nasty let's yeah. just be honest yeah yeah okay what about gravy how what would you say is your top tip for making a great gravy okay so you're going to take your bird out because the bird has to sit and this is where everybody gets so stressed out because the vegetables are going the potatoes need to be mashed and the turkey is now sitting with the little towel over it to keep them nice and warm and now you've got you're looking at the gravy and you're looking at the pan and you're stroking out so really warm up the drippings just leave the, everything in there if there's chunks of if some stuffing bits have fallen out pick that out um and if there's any sort of things in there like like pieces of little little bit of skin take that out so what you're going to do is just simply take flour if you're celiac you can use rice flour and you're going to sprinkle flour in that in the pan drippings a nice whisk and you're going to whisk that in for about five minutes on low heat what you're doing is you're cooking the flour that's your thickener then slowly you're going to take if you've got the potato water saved use that if Mm. you don't um, you can use chicken stock or turkey stock or vegetable stock or whatever. Um, and then slowly whisk in the stock until the, the gravy comes together. I like to throw in a good cup of Madeira to give it that oh. nice or, or sherry. And then it just gives it that beautiful edge and sort of a bit of sweetness. Okay, I love it. Now, I usually will get... Yeah. Done. Okay, I love it. Now, I, I usually get like just a carton of chicken stock at the supermarket but you can also use like the neck and the giblets or whatever out of your and turkey to do that up. Yeah. yeah just do mm-hmm. a nice stock on your top of your stove right absolutely yeah. that's the neck and the giblets and all of that in that little paper bag or four yeah. to boil up so that you can use that as your gravy stock yeah it's nice it's easy to and and it's easier than people think i, th- I think generally yeah, it's just the, it's the veg timing. And, yeah. and if people go, oh, I've got such a small kitchen. If you've got a patio with the barbecue, use your barbecue mm. as a place to keep things warm. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, you know, Karen. Put that barbecue on 200 and keep things warm in that cavity. Let's go right to your phone calls. Hiya, Glenn. Hey, Glenn. Hey, how's it going? Sorry. Good. Yeah, hey, I was going to ask, uh, how about injecting a little bit? Like, I've injected a lot of pork roasts and, uh, and roasts and uh, even uh, that sort of stuff. How about injecting a little bit of flavor into the uh, into the breasts and maybe the, the, the legs and the thighs? And it's a, it's a great okay. idea. It's a fabulous idea. You know what? Injecting has been around long before brining was. So, yeah, that's a fabulous idea. Make, flavor your butter with, you know, good taste and then inject your turkey in, and it would be great. Yeah, I've seen these uh, before, Karen. This looks like a big hyper, hypodermic yeah. needle, right? It's exactly it. And so the needle is sort of it's like a, a, a thick sort of a plastic, and it can't be too thin because, of course, the, the um, solution has to go into the bird, but you do that when the bird's raw, inject it into multiple places. It's like when you, 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 know, you do the little slivers of garlic in a roast or something, you know? Right, it's right. the same idea, and that, that's a great way to, to, to um, add um, additional flavor. Okay, do you sell those down at Gourmet Warehouse? Yeah. 
We of have them. We have everything. Of course, Michael. I knew you, you know would that. have it. I knew, <laughs> I knew you would have it. We have everything you want, <laughs> nothing you need. <laughs> I have no doubt. Rachel in Coquitlam, hi. Hi there. Hi. Hi, I'm wondering how long should I let my turkey rest for? Because someone said to rest it for as long as you cook it, and then oh god, I'm no, no, hungry no. No, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Um, you're going to rest it for about a good half hour. You know, what you're doing is okay. you're not, you don't want it to get be cold, but you don't want it. What the idea of resting is to just set the juices, because if you cut right into it, it's like a, it's like a roast beef. It's like any yeah. protein. When you cut into it, all the, the, everything's hot and those juices just run and that's where the flavor is. So you're trying to keep the, the juices intact into the bird before you start slicing because then you're just going to have all the juice run out and when that happens there goes your flavor so you're going to get a, a, a kitchen towel not a paper towel a, an actual cloth towel and and cover the bird so that keeps it from getting cool to the to, to, to the room temperature you don't want that you want to cover it well like a blanket over it almost with kitchen towels and that will let it settle while you are now making the gravy what about covering it awesome. with thank thank you rachel for that what about covering it with uh tin foil is it you know cloth what? better tin foil no tin foil it's like covering yourself with tin foil it's not going to protect anything you that bird is hot and you want to keep it warm tin foil doesn't keep the heat in tin foil reflects Right, and one of the great things about resting the bird, too, is that, you know, people might think, oh, I'd rest it too long. You're always going to have the hot gravy with it, right? So, Of course, yeah. of course. And yeah. what we love best three hours later is picking at that that <laughs> bird that's sitting there. You know, I want to mm. taste a little bit more. So, yeah, the hot gravy and everything. I, I, I analyze a turkey dinner. Like, you'll, you'll have people over for dinner, Mike. Like, say, you have a few couples over for dinner and you anguish over the main and the salad. And, and dinner is two to three hours, lots of conversation, and you pause between courses. Turkey, you make the, you're, you're stressing in the kitchen. that Everything's ready at the same time. I have never seen a meal that takes so long to prepare be mowed down in 20 minutes or less. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, right? It does, it does disappear And then everybody quick. rolls back, pushes their yeah. belly from the table, and what do they say? <laughs> oh, I'm so full. I ate too much. <laughs> yeah, and undo that top button yeah, there on your Yeah, everybody's <laughs> undoing that top yeah. button. We would never yeah. do that at a sit-down dinner party. No. We're casual and it goes for hours, right. not turkey. That's right. Okay, it's Tom a race and, to the finish. Yeah, Tom and Delta. Hi, Tom. Hey, Smitty. Merry Christmas. Same to you. We got a minute left here. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, Karen. Uh, this is not exactly a, a Christmas uh, food question, but it's driving me crazy. I, I'm pretty sure a couple of weeks ago you were talking about a substitute for phyllo pastry. That's way easier to make. Brick. B r i k. It's that's a what it is. Brick pastry and it is fantastic i love brick i'm in love with brick it allows you to um it you don't have to race the clock like phyllo where it dries out so fast and it's right okay you can, you can put a little oil in the pan and pan fry it even you don't have to put it in the oven phyllo you could never do that with so it's called brick and it's delicious hard and to find but brck right find, yeah i know where you can get it oh, where, <laughs> where can you get it Gourmet Warehouse. There you go. <laughs> Gourmet Warehouse. I was, there. 
I was just there. I spent about 500 bucks there the other day. Jeez. Thank you so much. I hope you You're welcome. my cookbook, because that is the companion to side dishes for the holidays. Tom, question. Tom Merry Christmas. I can't, I can't, I gotta go, Tom. I'm sorry, but Merry Christmas to you, though, and thank you for the call. Uh, Karen, it, the time yeah. always goes by so quick, and we didn't even get to our leftovers that we are going to talk about, but because I was so excited online. about talking turkey. I, yes. I, where, where can you I go online for it? To you. you can go to Gourmet Warehouse to get the recipe, and I'm not sure if Alan put it up on NW's, but it's a, a recipe for leftover turkey that isn't soup thank you okay, very we'll put much it up there merry and christmas Mike, karen merry yeah. christmas to you have a great time with your family and i'll be thinking of you cooking your turkey tomorrow thank you karen bye-bye bye-bye merry christmas to you that's karen mcsherry from the gourmet warehouse canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime history and the paranormal since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.